Welcome to What's Up with Betsy Johnson, a podcast from a longtime Oregon legislator and keen political observer discussing what is right and wrong with government, politics, and public policy. But in terms of you know philanthropic spending, you're no stranger to fundraisers. So you're pretty good at it. Um, and are you noticing as time goes on that the fundraisers are becoming less and less profitable? It depends on the subject matter. And you've just tapped into something that I'm happy to brag about. Uh, the um, the natural resource folks up in Clatsop County, this is the county where Astoria is at the mouth of the Columbia River, do a program, this is now the third time, where they raise money for the natural resource curricula in the five high schools that are in Clatsop County. There are seven programs stretched across five high schools. And so they have a dinner, 500 of their closest friends come in for a little crab, a little surf and turf dinner and are able to bid on auction items. And then I'm the money honey, where I just pitifully beg for money for people to help support these programs. And last year we raised $140,000, which equaled about $20,000 a program in the schools. This year we screamed past that and raised 155,000. One of the reasons is, and this differentiates from the homeless ask, is that these are people in industries that are fighting for their lives. Um, again, these are construction, miners, fishermen, dairymen, ranchers, uh, and they have been under such relentless regulation by unaccountable state regulators, unbridled federal regulators, rules that are promulgated that have no oversight that go well beyond what Congress and the Oregon legislature um, anticipated they would do. I mean, we've got a situation right now where our Oregon Department of Environmental Quality is asking fish processors to put water back into the river that the fish and the crustacea came out of that was cleaner than municipal drinking water levels. And what's worse is that DEQ knows that these standards are unobtainable. They're asking the fish processors to take stuff out of the water that government put into it, specifically chlorine and some metals. They know that the processors can't achieve those standards, and yet they're plowing ahead to promulgate the rules that nobody can meet then they'll regulate and fine the processors. And I think that it's practically existential for fishing operations on the Oregon coast. Things are tough enough now. The crab season started way, way, way late. The prices are highly volatile. And as late as last night, there was a fire in Southern Washington in one of the big crab processing facilities that burned up 8,000 crab pots on the eve of the crabbers being able to go out into the ocean and start their season because up to this point they couldn't. The crabs didn't have enough meat uh, in them to be taking a, a harvest. And so um, it, even though the point that I'm trying to make, and I'm going into way too much detail, the industry is volatile, the industry is fragile, and the relentless re regulation continues. And so raising money to try to fight back against that kind of activity by teaching young people about the economies of and the opportunities within the natural resource sector causes people to dig deeply into their wallets. 
to go back to the people in Multnomah County who are involuntarily getting stung to help end homelessness and because of the silos and the ineptitude and the animosity that exists at levels of government in Portland and the state, nothing is happening and they see their money being squandered, they're pretty pissy about it. And I don't disagree with them about being pissy about it. Well, it's not just uh, homelessness. There's also the gas tax. And that's something you fought long and hard, not against the gas tax itself, but um, legislation that would basically cause fuel prices to rise a lot. Uh, which especially hurts people on the coast because, uh, you know, you got to drive everywhere, basically. And as I recall, there was one bill out there that wanted to ban diesel trucks older than 2009. And so a friend of mine said, oh, that's great. I hate the way those things smell. I said, yeah, but I said, if you're a dairy farmer and you've got to move your milk in a truck, you don't have the money to be going out and spending, you know, those things are not inexpensive at hundred thousand dollars probably for one of those vehicles. So it's not just the homelessness, it's the, the fuel prices too. Absolutely. And, and the nonsense about um, electric vehicles out in the woods, you show me an electric log truck, the battery's so damn heavy, maybe you could, or batteries, maybe you could carry one log. I mean, obviously that's hyperbole, but the point of the story is that government writ large, the the federal government and Oregon Falls right in behind them, is so damn eager to jam stuff down consumers' throats that they don't want or to take away things that we do want, like natural gas. Um, it, the regulatory environment is stifling. And frankly, to jump back up to 100,000 feet, the land use architecture in Oregon is one of the regulatory impediments to the governor getting the housing that she wants. And it was a stunning defeat for one of her bills at the end of the last session when the enviros killed the governor's priority bill to build more housing by opening up more developable land. That never happens. It never happens. The legislature does not kill the governor's bills on the floor. And that was a stinging rebuke to Governor Kotek to say from the enviros, you're not building on our land, but they'll go back and decry the the um, the existence of these uh, people living in tents and and in doorways on the streets of Portland. Well, plus, there's the way questions are phrased to people in such a way. I mean, you got flack for being against legal aid because you didn't like a bill. I can't remember which one it was. But they basically said, oh, Betsy hates legal aid. Well, you can't have a problem with something, I guess, um, like that, and then come out and say it because they're going to attack you for uh, being against something much larger that really this particular legislation doesn't even solve. Well, that's where our politics have gotten to. And what's such a tragedy in Oregon is that now for the first time, and I'm saying this as a native Oregonian, our politics have taken a very violent turn. A candidate for mayor had his car burned up in front of his house recently. There have been threats against others uh, that are running for, for significant offices in the metropolitan area. And that's the first time in my experience that Oregon has participated um, in the kind of violence that is sweeping our electoral landscape. Uh, I, I, it, that's new and it's despicable. And I don't know how you think good people are gonna come into public service if you burn up their cars and threaten their kids and show up at their houses with placards and scare the bejesus out of their families. 
uh, things are are fundamentally changing in our civic landscape, and it's not changing for the better. Well, and speaking of civic, I guess I'll take the C off and put an L there and call it civil. Uh, people are a lot less civil than they used to be. We commented on this many times while you were still in the legislature, how people can just anonymously say all sorts of nasty, unpleasant, and often untrue things and have them go unchallenged and then become part of you know, facts because they're just said so many times. I mean, it's got to be very frustrating to be a public servant and have people say all this stuff about you and you have no way to really come at them. Oh, that's exactly the case. Uh, when I was still in the legislature, my husband used to help answer some of my emails. And I remember vividly, we got one that started out, hey, asshole. And my husband wrote back, that's Senator asshole. So let's get back to silos a little bit. Now, when you were in the legislature, I didn't really follow what agencies were named and, and how they were organized and that sort of thing. But it seems one of the ways government tries to fix problems is to move things around and rename things and put other departments in somewhere else does that even help no god no and it and the more one is around the system the more hideously transparent that sort of obfuscation is we rename stuff all the time and a re reframe failed programs and rename failed agencies and move failed directors from one place to another. Nobody in Oregon gets fired for doing anything bad. They just get moved someplace else and they take their pension and their salary with and they get new cards printed. Um, that happens all the time. I remember vividly uh, when I was in the legislature standing before a group talking about this notion of somebody does poorly in one place and we move them to another. And I said, what a reprehensible practice that was. I looked in the back of the room and a guy who had just gotten dethroned from running an agency had been hired by another agency. And I'll be damned if he wasn't standing in the back of the room. Um, that's that's not cool. Um, so yeah, there's an awful lot of that going on. The other interesting question that's sort of in a tangential way speaks to what you just said. And that is, I had somebody yell at me the other day, why don't things get better? Why does Portland keep bitching about stuff and electing the same old people? And that's a question I can't answer. We're about to embark on an experiment uh, of a whole change in Portland city government. And I watched that change with great anxiety and trepidation because many of the people that helped create the problems that we're experiencing now are out of government, but looking for a way to get back in. And with a change in the voting methodology, it will be quite easy for people to get elected with just a fraction of the percentage heretofore needed to be elected to office. It's conceivable that we could have 100 people running for 12 positions on the city council and mayor. Um, it, it, we're changing our whole structure. Now, our old structure was screwed up, and I think Portland was the last city in the country that had this commission form of government that took people with little or no business experience and gave them very complicated portfolios to manage. So now we're going to a manager, weaker mayor model with many more highly paid city commissioners and a professional manager to try to run the bureaus rather than taking an elected person and saying, all right, you're in charge of emergency management for the city of Portland or um, 
or another transportation, and they had no background or knowledge of transportation or emergency management. So it remains to be seen how this is going to work and how many totally unqualified people looking for a six-figure salary are going to be running and how low the percentage is in order to elect somebody to these offices. And it is certainly not going to fix the silos. There will be three representatives for each of a number of districts. And as they all, you know, jockey for position within their territory, I'm wondering who's going to serve the constituent. How do you divvy up the constituent concerns? Because unless somebody follows a constituent problem from start to finish, it ain't going to get better. Well, it's interesting you say that because when I moved to Portland, um, boy, <laughs> whenever that mid-90s, it seemed odd to me that the city council would, you know, the five members of the city council would run all the bureaus. I mean, you've got non-cops running police. You've got non-firefighters running fire. Um, and then the water bureau, the transportation bureau, all the other stuff. It seemed weird to me that you just get elected to office and all of a sudden you can run an agency. That doesn't yeah. seem right. Well, and, and they've had numerous failures. The public safety response flagged. Um, it, it hasn't worked out well. PBOT, the Portland uh, Bureau of Transportation, has been a disaster for a long time, spending hundreds of millions of dollars on quote-unquote improvements that in some cases may be torn out. They never asked the affected businesses. They accommodated a fraction of, of bicyclists and non-existent pedestrians. They lost parking. They created unsafe traffic situations by people trying to pull UE so they could get a back around to go to a store they wanted to go to. They did it in neighborhoods where there were a lot of ethnic stores, um, um, Ukrainian, uh, 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 Hispanic, Vietnamese, and uh, it's all on Southeast Division. And it has been, by most measures, a disaster. So, uh, and again, this is um, government, we know what's best for you bureaucrats saying we're going to build this, that, and the other thing. And there's been so much money sloshing around that they've been able to experiment and build stuff that in some cases has not worked. And yet for lack of cooperation and siloing, we still can't get a, a replacement bridge across the Columbia River between Oregon and Washington on an interstate freeway that is a major freight route because there are those dissident voices that wants to want to turn it into a pedestrian wonderland so they can walk out over the Colombians, stare at Mount Hood in the distance and, uh, and, and in the meantime, constrict and constrain freight movement on what I think is an asset owned by the American people, but we can't get our shit together well enough in Oregon or Washington to build that replacement bridge. <laughs> to say nothing of the millions of dollars that was wasted on all the planning for it. What's yeah. ever going to happen with all that stuff? I mean, the volumes and volumes of public input and plans and all this other stuff. My goodness. And 300 million that got flushed with no accountability. And some of those folks went on to take other jobs in transportation planning. Thanks for listening to What's Up with Betsy Johnson. If you have comments or questions about this podcast, please email questions, Q-U-E-S-T-I-O-N-S, at BetsyJohnson.com.